0: is bringing the show to you dlc of course the show all about games and their many forms games played on desktops laptops and consoles also games that involve dice luck and cardboard i'm your host jeff canada that's spelled with two n's and one t and i am joined as always by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis the guy who's been doing this with me 400 times what mr christian spicer hello christian
1: Hello, Jeff. Hello, everyone. Greetings from Wyoming for this 400th episode, but I did bring my nice mic. Thank you uh, for helping me. I'm sweaty. I've been troubleshooting this stuff, so uh, this is how I look and this is how I sound today. But man, I do have, uh, and, and I want to loop our guest in for this because it'll be fun, but during, I do have a couple of questions for you, Jeffrey, about uh, 400,
0: or 400. Oh, you're you're awesome. I, I, we're not doing really anything special other than having a very special guest um, but and I the, look this like is,
1: garbage. But other than that,
0: we're not. Doing I mean, it. this is the 400th episode of DLC. Who would have guessed we'd be still going 400 episodes later? And I'm proud to say, in 400 episodes, Christian, we've never missed a week of putting out new content. I mean, yeah, I've called like, in from
1: you. the road before. Yeah. I've done one without you before. We've kind of we've, run the gamut of like making it happen.
0: We've both had children during this period, multiple children. Uh, We have, uh, I've had massive surgeries (laughs) you've covered for me, Uh, but the show DLC has, has come out every week, 400 times in a row. That's pretty, I'm, I'm very proud of that. And uh, I think one of the best parts of that is that we have had guests almost every single one of those weeks. And we have a guest that I've been super excited about having on for a long time, been wanting to have on for a, a long time. You know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Canada and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I am super excited because DLC stands for delays lead to commentary. Because from delayed input, we have the one and the only Kyle Bossman joining us for this first time. Hey, Kyle, how are you? Happy four hundred. I'm Thank I'm you. doing great. Thank you. Um, I gotta say. We got. We need to do a shout out to um, Richard from Texas because if you look at my inbox, there's about two dozen emails from Richard saying get Kyle Bossman on this show, and I always respond back saying I'm working, I'm trying, I'm, I want <laughs> to, uh, but I'm so glad it finally happened. A big I got a, you. I got a couple of those too. <laughs> got, oh yeah? Yeah. yeah, he's persistent. Yeah. He's persistent. We appreciate it. Thank you, Richard. Um, but a uh, huge fan of the stuff that you're doing. I mean, you, launched a patreon not too long ago with delayed input and it is uh fantastic uh i love your insight and your and your point of view um so super excited to have you on the show this week
2: thank you i was thinking like i was thinking 400 this might be one of the longest running video game podcasts especially if you never missed a week like
0: is that a record I, I mean I'm not going to claim it's a I, I, you seem to be the expert here uh so if you say it's a record I mean I might as well put <laughs> What's the, Giant Bombcast at? I'm like yeah. it's, you got to be close. I'm sure you Giant be... Bombcast is 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 longer running than we I are. I feel are like we,
1: yeah Cheapest Gamers longer running they've missed some episodes. Yeah. Gamer Tag Radio, Danny yeah, yeah. and Crew.
0: I don't know if they've they've missed a They're the in like long 700 running. or something crazy, right? Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then I wonder but, how, but, but I will Major say Nelson. I, this ma- show this show is the spiritual successor to We Can Confirm, which adds another like what three years on there, four years on there. We were doing that show. I might, mean, I might, I don't know. I might uh, <laughs> bump us up. <laughs> anyway, I'm proud of 400, but uh, other than Christians' like surprise questions, uh, didn't haven't really, you know, this is going to be a, a normal episode because there's there's tons of stuff to talk about. That's that's the thing. There's gaming news. There's games that we've been playing. There's a new Zelda out. Have you guys heard about this Zelda? The new one. I mean, it's old, but it's new. Uh, And we're going to talk about that. So let's jump right in and start the show the way we always do. The Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. And you can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. We love getting your comments, questions, suggestions for the show, everything there. We love hearing from you. You can also reach out to us on our Discord, which is uh, 5x5DLC on Discord, or on our subreddit, which is Uh, 5x5DLC.reddit.com. I think I did that jingle like one of the very first episodes. So it's been almost 400 times at least. It holds up. <laughs> it holds it so good. I will I will assume that, that is not sarcasm and I It is not. It. No. <laughs> All right, uh Kyle, you are a guest. So you get first pick of stories. What would story you consider to story of the week?
2: Be? Yeah. Uh Okay, I I I legit I know what is probably the story of the week, but if you're like if you're going to let me pick. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl i saw that you did a whole video on this yeah uh, yeah nickelodeon all-star brawl has been announced which is super smash brothers with nickelodeon characters i it's just it's just that simple to des- to describe mm-hmm. uh, um I, I i know you are very bullish on this game and you think it has a bright future
2: yeah i mean so if you, if yeah if a listener is just being introduced to this now their expectations might be ridiculously high and i feel like you always have to say like it it, it's a game mill game you know what i mean like this is clearly mid low budget you know like it is maybe it is exactly what you expect it to be but i just feel like there's just been a ridiculous rush of enthusiasm this cross-generational rush of enthusiasm for this game that's been really exciting this week
0: well we have to talk about some of the characters from nickelodeon's animated uh what uh oeuvre <laughs> can we say that it's mm-hmm. library of of animated characters uh they're going deep on some of these i mean you've got your you've got your spongebob square pants of course can't gotta have the spongebob square pants you've got your invader zim you know you've got your uh hey arnold characters you've got your you've even got teenage mutant ninja turtles like classic style animated Teenage Mutant ninja turtles Ah, uh, these are not the uh, Mortal Kombat Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. These are the animated, like looking goofy, eating pizza Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And then you've got you've got Powdered Toast Man from Ren and Stimpy. Powdered Toast Man. You've got uh, uh, there's um, a bunch of things that I don't even know because I'm too there's Rugrats characters. There's Danny Phantom. I've never heard of Danny Phantom. I guess that's a thing. Um, I I want like. Not just animated Nickelodeon characters. I want, you know, I want like iCarly and uh, you know uh, the uh, the slime from. Uh, you can't do that on television. Let's slime on with, slime deep. has
2: to be a component. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No question. There there will be slime.
0: So what is it about this that? Is it is it the IP purely that that is uh, you know the selling factor here? It's not
2: just the IP. It's just not because they had published two years prior kart racing games. the mm. the The appeal is how wrong this is. The appeal <laughs> is how wrong it is to see these characters fight. Right. Because right. Nickelodeon characters are generally little sweeties. You know, they they are kind of just little you know cute beans, and right. so it's weird to see adults punching children uh but we allow it because they are cartoons i think i think once in a, like a real action like a live action adult is punching a live action little girl that would be a problem but like because they're <laughs> nicktoons like hurt helga pataki i guess it's it's so weird
0: yeah yeah you see Squ- spongebob just bringing in the pain you know i love it uh yeah. what do you think christian are you do you think there's any uh any hope for this game being good
1: I do. I mean, based on the trailer that I think it was exclusively first revealed on IGN and and then kind of the other media that's come out, it looks like a very competent Smash clone. And I'm surprised there aren't more of them. PlayStation All-Stars tried it uh, with the PS3 and I think Vita release, and it never really caught on. And they tried to change the formula a little bit. And Nickelodeon doesn't look to change the formula at all. It looks like it's Smash, but with our characters. Yeah. (laughs) And and I feel like the time is right for it also versus the cart racer and some other Nicktoons games or Nickelodeon games that have come out before is that nineties nostalgia is hot right now. Mm -hmm. And if this capitalizes on it with a competent smash, I mean, it's, this is kind of what smash started as like to me, remembering the smash reveal, kind of like Kyle was saying, it's not a, a grown man beating up a child, but it was like, kirby and link fight you know it's like they don't do that's outrageous and now this has that appeal of like patrick starfish is what like how is it It just seems so silly and if it is again like competent i think it could i I think it could do really really well
0: yeah it's uh it's exactly what you're talking about in your video kyle is that this thing of of the transgression of it is the fun <laughs> is these characters aren't supposed to be smacking the crap out of each other. Uh, and yet here we are. And I think, I think, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for it. I, I'm a little older than this time period. Uh, I mean, uh, Ren and Stimpy is like for me, right? Cause I was young enough to be super into Ren and Stimpy. And then most of the stuff in this collection of IP is a little later, like skews a little later as far as, uh the age range of people watching nickelodeon uh so if there's more ren and stimpy characters i'm excited but i don't know if it, Kyler, are there any characters as yet unannounced that you would want to see in this collection
2: wow yeah, that, what an absurdly great question that I actually never even thought about. <laughs> was, I, uh, because because I feel like that's everybody's conversation around it, right? And I'm like, I'm satisfied, you know, because I think what's funny is, you know, you know Ren and Stimpy, they showed Powdered Toast Man instead of Ren and Stampy. Right. Like they, they went for not just like deep cut franchises, but deep cut characters within deep cut franchises. Right. And I think that's really interesting. Um, I realized, I didn't realize like how much I used to love Nickelodeon until this week, until see, seeing memes and stuff. And there was a show called Kablam that would, Mm. I think, come on Friday nights that I actually loved to death that I had completely forgotten about until I saw memes this week. And I was like, oh, my God, I used to love that show to death, like (laughs) enthusiastically look forward to that every week. Um, And it's weird, you know, how you easily forget about like shows that you loved. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's what I kind of like about it is that, yeah, it's got characters that anyone recognizes, you know, like like I think Danny Phantom is like my cutoff. That's like Danny phantom on is like, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what the loud house is. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'm <laughs> out of this, <laughs> yeah. but they, they still look like they're going to be fun to beat up with the characters that you care about, you know? So yeah. I, I, I respect that. I respect the range because yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't look like it's all just for the money. It doesn't look like this is just like, let's prop up our commercial properties that are selling right now on Paramount plus or whatever. It actually seems like, the roster is built around fun more than anything. I really, I like think
0: that. that's a great point. Yeah, it it if it was a just a pure cash grab, it would feel more contemporary and like here are the things. And if you click here, you can watch the show on Tuesdays four. You know, it's like it, it does feel a little more uh, a little more thought through than that, which I'm I'm excited about. Um, and the art style actually, I think, does service to these characters. I, you know, that's another thing that could easily be screwed up in a game like this is. Yeah, you've got the character from that show, but because they were hand drawn, and this is on, you know, in a video game, it's going to look wrong and be is not even going to stir that nostalgia correctly. Uh, but it looks like they did a fairly decent job in bringing the characters to life. All right, that is uh, Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. It is coming to everything, basically: P- PlayStation Five and Four, Xbox Series, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch. All of that in the fall of this year coming from Fair Play Labs. So interesting game. Uh Christian Spicer, how about you? What is your story of the week?
1: Um remember, Jeff, how last week I talked about how I was saving money. Um I didn't need to buy that <laughs> Switch OLED. Yeah, know, yeah, just, yeah. You know, like- it was so
0: nice that <laughs> Nintendo, you know, you thought you were gonna have to pay a bunch of money on a, a handheld gaming system this year, and then it turns out, oh, it wasn't that big of an upgrade. So yeah. No, I mean, no more having to buy a new handheld gaming system this year. I have my backbone Ew, my phone.
1: Yeah. I have my Switch. I have uh, xCloud on my phone. I have a Stadia. I have everything I need. I, I don't need. I cannot think of another handheld device. Hi, record scratch. That was me <laughs> last week. <laughs> <laughs> the news is um, everybody calls it the Gabe gear. It's a nomad. The Steam Deck is bigger than a Game Gear. This thing is But Gabe Gear is a great name. Come on. It is a great <laughs> it's but Gabe also spent uh you know two years in uh New Zealand uh being safe from COVID. So he's also a nomad. So I think it works. Ah, I see. Um, okay. But yeah, the news is to say it for people who haven't heard it, uh Valve announced a handheld PC called the Steam Deck, not to be confused with Elgato's stream deck which they also <laughs> announced a new version of the day before the steam deck um and it is a big xbox duke invoking i mean it is a it is a big boy handheld game twice piece. as
0: heavy as the switch by the way dude it's as far big. as weight goes you know the switch not not super light <laughs> but uh this is twice as heavy
1: it 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 is it is big uh, no detachable Joy-Cons. it has touch pads it's basically a touch screen built into Steam Controller 2.0 it has all the buttons that you'd want two triggers the face buttons dual analog plus trackpad it also has back paddles that are programmable um three versions i think 64 gig 25512 i think um,
0: yeah 256 512 uh, with, the the 256 and 512 has have the NVMe Uh, SSDs in them too.
1: And then expandable. They're all expandable via micro SD. You can play games off of it. It's just the read writes a little slower. Otherwise the internal specs are the same across the three models. And digital foundry has a great breakdown. If if you haven't watched it, you kind of want their, you know, thoughts on what they think it's going to be like based off of the revealed specs. And valve is saying that this thing can run, current gen AAA games the screen i think is targeted for a resolution of 800p so it's scaled down or oh there's also a dock that's coming out later while it runs steam os they say that you can put windows on it i mean it is just it's a it's a pc and china chinese companies have been making some of these for a while and, and and some others but to have valve kind of step into this ring despite some of their hardware track record i mean this thing was a kind of a megaton i think out of nowhere yeah it was leaked as um it had a code named pal steam pal, steam pal.
0: Yeah. yeah but it just I think kind it's of a all came out Superior name in my opinion <laughs> steam pal way better than steam deck steam pal come on that's cool but i'm excited i put
1: i i waited you know refreshed for 45 minutes and i i gave valve a five dollar interest free loan for that 256 version
0: you went for the 256 really I did because I feel of, like that one is just there so they can say it starts at three ninety nine. No, that's the sixty four. That's the sixty four gig. The oh, so you oh, got the oh, middle one. Yeah, 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 yeah. You went for the middle
1: one. That's right. I'm how sorry. much
2: was? How much does the middle one cost?
1: Five dollars right now, Kyle. Don't ask.
0: <laughs> no, it's like five <laughs> four, five forty nine. I think. Is the, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a lot. That's The 64 gig one f- feels like it's just for nobody. It's the, it's the one that's there. So they can say the price is $400. Well, I have, but...
1: I have a couple of friends who did the 64 one. And because, and I don't know how easy it will be to get to, but valve also said that they all have the NV in me or whatever it is. The, that, that SSD spot, it's hard to get right. chips for that. But also if this is an emulator, um, retro, Type machine for you. Sixty four gigs is
0: a lot. Um, I'm yeah, Yes, unless you want to start putting thing. any of your actual Steam library on it, you know, and then you're going to run out quick, right? And it
1: all runs through. Oh gosh, because uh, I'm on my laptop in my not at home. I, I need to tab over. Uh, Proton is that it? Um, like it, it's running Linux or it's, again. Comes built, built or bundled with running Steam OS, which is Linux based, but through I believe it's Proton, uh, yeah. which is been for a while, but like they, they you know they say it's improving you can run they say you know with a small asterisk or some of the games you can't but your entire steam library it it i mean th-
0: that's the that was the big question for me I know Kyle when this message happened when this this information this news broke, it seemed like everybody was universally positive on it are you in that camp as well is this something that you desire
2: it's not a thing I desire at all, but I'm proud of them for pulling it off. <laughs> You know, yeah, it's 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 like it's a frivolous item. It's a it's a thing that nobody needs at all. There's you know there'll never be like an exclusive game for the platform, Kyle, but it's yeah. just you, such you a nice sh- thing. Shut your mouth.
1: <laughs> I need it. I, if, if my wife or kids
2: ask, I need it. Would you buy a dock for it though? I, I feel like it would be just the portable, right? It's yeah, I i definitely do not need it
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah the dock seems like well that's just called a pc now you don't need a doc for it it's that it, it the whole gimmick is your pc on the go i, I think that's the that's the fun i yeah. have not by the way i have not put down any five dollars i'm still undecided on on buying one of these but it sounds like kyle you're, oh it's you're too not late though going... oh yeah it is too late it's too, if I, you're I...
2: undecided now they're like you lost that chance i feel like <laughs> that's true <laughs> I feel like they're, like, back-ordered till like, half, halfway through next year, I think.
0: Are they really? Oh, I didn't yeah. even hear that. I, I'm not surprised, but... Uh, I mean, I'm even... I mean, it's more surprising that anybody would launch hardware in calendar year 2021 at all. <laughs> you know, with, like, how hard it is mm-hmm. to get anything. But, uh, yeah, I, I... I don't need this. I I don't really game on the go right now. I, I don't, like... I know it's skewed because of COVID and we're none of us are away from our houses anymore or at least we haven't been in the last 18 months so maybe my perception of whether I would need it is faulty but I just feel like I don't if I want to be on my PC I'm going to walk over and be on my PC I don't
2: know Yeah Christian what's your ideal game what are you dreaming of playing in handheld mode
1: Everything honestly this will be a a bed console for me like i've talked mm. about it enough with jeff he's probably sick of it but like i <laughs> I, I i really like um using x Cloud and um why am i blanking on it right now it's on my phone um it's my favorite one nvidia's um uh, geforce now i and i i play a lot of games that way and it works pretty well but it doesn't work as well as running on native hardware. So if I could sit in bed and run through Hades a few more times or something like that, I find really appealing. Like again, not worth it, but it will be likely more a couch or bed sit instead of sitting at my gaming PC to play. it's like these in between moments of trying to find more game time or, Uh, In LA, it's the, well, I have to leave two hours early to not be late, but now I'm there 20 minutes.
2: (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And, and, and play something there. I, I'm just so, I love handhelds and I, I I tweeted this out earlier, but like, uh, I love the, where we're living right now of a new switch, an OLED switch play date, which is fascinating to me as well. The little crank black and white handheld, um, the steam deck. And the analog pocket are all allegedly coming out. None of them are out yet, but I'm fascinated by the the tech and that hardware and that side of it. And, and I love the idea of being able to play my entire Steam library anywhere, but it will never be, <laughs> I'll never be like time to finally finish Cyberpunk. You know, like it's not that. <laughs> it's such a, a niche product that, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I can't... There's no justification for it, but it, it's kind of like, I think, why most people buy a Jeep Wrangler. Like, no one goes to Moab, you know? But, like, <laughs> everybody wants
0: the removable roof that they never take off. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's such a fair comparison, yeah. I
0: like, uh, I like the idea of, like, playing early access stuff on a handheld. That's kind of cool. Uh, but I do think that most of the stuff... That is great on Steam, that would be great on this, handheld, is probably coming out for Switch. Uh, it just has been the case. But there's usually, gonna be a lot of sure. stuff that's not, but like but usually like months later. So Yeah, that's true. Know. Let me justify um, this, Mr.
1: VR headsets I can see in the background.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, we did get an email that speaks directly to what Kyle was bringing up just a second ago. So maybe I'll I'll read this and I'll have you guys comment on it. Uh, this comes from Damien who wrote into DLCfeedback at gmail.com. Uh, he says, can you guys and the guest maybe touch on the delicate dance we now face of trying to pre-order something like the Steam Deck without knowing how good it will be, while also hmm. knowing that if it does turn out being good, it will be hard to find for retail price for the foreseeable future because of ship chip shortages. Uh, so Damien, speaking directly to what you're talking about, Kyle, do you have a comment on that?
2: It's a it's a fantastic question because there is like all, all we can is comment on it. Right. There's no solution because yeah. of chip shortages, which is a problem we'll have for, you know, another year or so. Um, yeah. No, you if you want something early, you have to be irresponsible and blind faith <laughs> jump into it. Uh, it's true. Right. Like it could they could be so dysfunctional and overheat. But if they like whatever, man, like there's no other way to obtain it than to pre-order it now yeah. uh, or I guess, you know, buy it on eBay for three times its price. So it's yeah, almost like theoretically, you
0: could be the eBayer in that situation. If you don't end up wanting it, you know, you could, you, you get in on the early thing. Maybe you, uh, you are the reseller in that situation. I don't know.
2: I'm never going to recommend that.
1: <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not
2: going to say that on You're any podcast. Man, yeah. Man, you
1: know.
2: <laughs> I I wonder,
1: um, how many pre-orders will be canceled when reviews hit? Like what, what's that mm. dance of, You know, IGN had hands-on playing actual games on it, non-retail version of the hardware, but you know, close to final spec, if not final spec hardware, but maybe some fit and finish on the device itself. I'm always curious about that. Like, you know, to some extent, I think the first version of this that I went through, and I think a lot of us did, was on Kickstarter, and it was Uya. Like, Uya came out with the big splash at the time on Kickstarter raised all this money. People were throwing pre-orders at it. It was, it prompt- seemed
2: genius. Yeah. yeah.
1: And we got, yeah. we got what Towerfall <laughs> well, out of it. So I, I will forever mm-hmm. love the the system. Um, but then it, it came out and people were like, it doesn't work great. They're not a lot of games. What do I do with this thing? And, um, and we've certainly seen m- more of that. And I think, Jeff, you know, in your hobby, more so uh, like the the niche board game market is also that it's you find your audience and sell to it before the thing exists. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Well, I mean, I don't want to go down a deep rabbit hole of Kickstarters and board games, but th- it is very much not that actually. Uh, there's a there's a Kickstarter industrial complex when it comes to board games that you know usually the the prototypes are into people's hands and prominent youtubers um people we've had on this show in fact like Rotto and um uh, uh the dice tower guys and stuff like that, that that get those games as the kickstarter is launching so they can sort of create buzz about them um and i guess that's the equivalent of what you're talking about with ijin but you know, you don't really get a sense of whether or not the, the, there's much more room to fail with a major, you know, 500 dollar electronics device than it is for a $70 board game made of cardboard. So, yeah.
1: You know. I feel like Valve's Flex was showing control, which is a notoriously difficult, you know, on last gen hardware game to run. And if they were showing that in a way that played and ran fairly stable, it was this idea of... Current gem games are going to run on this. Control, as far as I know, is not a Linux game. So that's running through their... I keep saying Proton. um, But that service to allow those games to run. It's going to be super fascinating. And then I think it'll be... I'm so excited for, you know, what the homebrew scene is going to do with this. Like the Tinkerers. Like this... This is a I guess another analogy other than a jeep for gaming is this is a fight stick with all Swana parts which I also own too many of <laughs> not, yeah, not you really
0: you really bring it hard on me for the headsets but man I, I feel like you have more more frivolous purchases than I do. You have yours prominently displayed
1: with neon lights behind you. I have
0: mine <laughs> hidden in my shame corner. <laughs> oh I see the difference between us is the shame. <laughs> I get it. Uh, all right. Um, I am very torn between two different stories and I think I might do both uh, because 400, 400, uh, there's my privilege. The first one, we barely need to talk about it, but I, I, it tickles me because I made a, a disproportionately large deal out of this. (laughs) um, when the death stranding director's cut was announced, I, uh, ever the pedant I am, uh, (laughs) got very upset about the nomenclature of director's cut as if Hideo Kojima was not making every decision about that game (laughs) at every step of the way. And the idea that there is somehow a a new cut that the director really preferred, but couldn't do just seems so uh, ludicrous to me. And so, uh, I made a a big deal about it. Uh, Numerous people have, well, it turns out in a new interview, uh, Kojima himself, not a fan of the director's cut name. It turns out the director didn't get a cut on the title of the director's cut. Uh, Somebody else, somebody else decided what the name is. Evidently. Um, Here's the quote. Uh, Quote, a director's cut in a movie is an additional edit to a shortened version that was either released reluctantly because the director did not have the right to edit it or because the running time had to be shortened, says Kojima in the game. It's not what was cut, but what was additionally produced that was included. Directors Plus? So in my opinion, I don't like to call it Directors Cut. I just wanted to bring that up because I made a big deal about it, and I want to give a little bravo to Hideo Kojima for understanding uh, that even he himself knows it's not a Directors Cut. Uh, Kyle, feel free to mock me for being so uh, pedantic about this, but I used
2: to be pedantic about a uh, remastered, even remastered is kind of a stolen word, you know, that yes. doesn't really didn't make sense for video games at the time, but has become ubiquitous. We just keep saying remastered. It makes sense now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it just directors cut sounds exciting and you're more likely to spend money on it to think it's something new. I think that's all that is. Right. So,
0: yeah, it's, it's marketing. It, it's become yeah. a thing that people think is special but it's you're right. It just it becomes it just abstracts the whole name. It is meaningless. But let me ask you this: Do you like Directors Plus? Directors Plus? No, 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 no. I wouldn't spend money for Directors Plus.
2: That's why they don't
0: let him name the games. I guess. No, that's yes. awful. Yeah, I mean, he did name it Death Stranding. <laughs> this is
2: it's what the
1: uh, ghost of Tsushima is as well. Right. The re-release yeah. of that is director's yeah. cut. I do wonder if this is Sony's this gen attempt at, and maybe they will stop after just two, you know, the game of the year, Kyle, you mentioned the remastered and, and kind of, what does that even mean? What does game of the year mean when four games yeah, or more? Five
0: different games come out with yeah. the game of the year edition.
1: Yeah. 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 They all have it. And then I'm curious, like, do we get the last of us part two directors cut? Like, I don't know if they're going to stick with it at this point, because, you know, with Kojima already saying something about it for this one, but they've announced ghosts. I, I just feel like it's such an interesting subtitle to use because Director's Cut typically then also harkens to that particular director that you can kind of point to. Like, I don't think we've had... I'm trying to think of a movie where you don't necessarily know the director off the top of your head. I'm not trying to offend any directors here, but like um, grown-ups, the director's cut, you know, it's like, I don't, that I don't know, but, but I'd be curious. <laughs> good point. Maybe that's what we need. Um, but I feel like, wow, this movie is really good. Now uh, Kojima kind of, kind of warrants that director's cut. But again, and I don't mean this as disrespectful to um, Sucker Punch. I, I love Ghost of Tsushima. But, like, whose cut is it?
0: Oh, I, I think you're making a really interesting point here. That, that there's sort of an auteurism that it, it, is, it is sort of tacitly uh, evoking. Yeah. You know, by saying director's cut, it's saying there is a person here who is— The director yeah well who, whose vision right is sort of elevated in this
1: version and i think like last of us could have that because neil you know ha- is so visible and, and vocal about last of us part two and and some of those other there are certainly other games but as like just a general subtitle for a re-release it's like again i love ghost of tsushima i'm i am buying the additional content version <laughs> but i don't I don't know how that's a director. Anyway,
0: I don't know. It's weird, man. It's weird. It is, but I'm glad at least Kojima recognizes that it's weird (laughs) because sometimes you wonder, does he even know what's weird? (laughs) Um, uh, The other quick story that I want to bring up, just because I think both of us predicted this. At least you did. I think I did too. Uh, But Phil Spencer is now on record saying that Microsoft is looking at DualSense-like functionality for Xbox controllers going forward, uh, he says, quote, we're definitely thinking about different kinds of devices that can bring more games to more places. There's probably some work that we'll do on the controller. I think Sony's done a nice job with their controller. And we kind of look at some of that and think there are things that we should go do. So, Kyle, do you think that the DualSense is is the new going to be the new standard for how controllers work? And if so, should it be?
2: yeah okay so i mean i uh i think i'm i'm one who is maybe less impressed than your usual dual sense holder you know i feel like when (laughs) when it launched i was i was not you know gasping every time it vibrated um so i realized that was such a weird phrase but anyway it was like (laughs) I i realize it uh but uh i think yeah i i think yeah why not and i think there's even some like uh playstation ports uh on pc will have if you cl- plug in your dual sense it'll yeah. have the dual sense features on pc as well right. so like i do think this will become a new standard and you know i think that the pc standard is the xbox controller and you know they're that they would be fearful of losing that like if, how can you imagine if the ps5 controller becomes a p the pc standard that'd be so yeah. weird um so yeah, yeah i can see why way who'd say that and i can see it happening like in the middle of this gen as opposed to you know another console generation away
0: Christian I think you're very positive on this as well you you were kind of hoping this would happen
1: yeah and I know it's going to happen now because I just got my design lab controller that doesn't have it you know so of course course they're going to do another one I I mean I like it I do think the subtlety it it adds to games even more so than the the triggers that evolution of HD rumble you know from the switch and, and how you can feel things like that um I, you know, I think we talked about it, you know, like on Ratchet, like the half pull, full pull or on Returnal like that. I don't think it's Mm -hmm. necessarily a better control scheme than what we were doing before, but I do like the immersion that it can bring. So uh, if I had to guess right now, I think maybe Microsoft rolls this out first in the Elite. um, Interesting. And and then not the regular controller because I don't I don't think we'll see third party games Require it, right? Like
0: I don't think it'll become well,
1: it'll, the standard. If it becomes this
0: yet. thing across multiple, uh, you know, the two main systems, I think maybe they it will be the standard. I, I wonder how that all works with APIs to offer yeah. third parties. Where it's like we got to figure out how Sony is doing their thing because we want it to just be easy for third parties to port it over. I wonder how that all works. It's so interesting to me because it feels like it's all proprietary to Sony, but you also it's kind of in Sony's interest to have it work in the, in a normal way for third parties to support it. I don't know.
1: It'd be easy. So it's like call of duty yeah. supports it on PS five, but it can't rely on it. Cause it's also on everything else. Uh, it's really interesting.
0: I was actually doing some reading about the call of duty specifically. And there's a bunch of like elite players who are saying you need to shut all that off yeah. when you play call of duty. Cause it just, it's way worse for competitive, which is a bit of a bummer, uh, to hear because I just think it's it's cooler and more immersive and I like all that functionality. Uh, but I guess it's, you know, it's the kind of thing of also, you know, running your thing at, a, at the lowest right. graphics settings so you maximize your frame rate and all that stuff. Um, for me, the biggest takeaway from this story is the last bit of his uh, quote where he's talking about the fact that Xbox also probably won't get any major hardware accessories like a VR headset anytime soon. So, I guess you yeah, know wild. one one fewer thing for me to buy, I guess, but
2: what do you think it, changed between when they were planning Scorpio until now where they just say it's not happening?
0: I mean, I think that it didn't take off in the way that a lot of people predicted, including myself uh it, it hasn't shown uh, a lot of but you know, I just think that if they had it, maybe it would right it, it it's this sort of self-fulfilling prophecy if if all the companies jump in on this tech then like the like the controller right if if microsoft jumps in on the dual sense thing it becomes the new standard and it goes forward and everybody adopts it and i th- i think that if microsoft had jumped in full bore there would be more top tier vr content and you know i think by the time apple is releasing a vr headset in the next few years it's really going to change and microsoft is going to have to play catch up again and be like oh yeah we're going to do vr headsets cuz apple will make it a thing and Sony will be right there, having you know PSVR two and Oculus will be there, and there'll be all these other options. And Microsoft will be like, "Oh, we better start." Uh, that's my prediction, at least. But
1: wait, how how is Microsoft going to be? <laughs> <laughs>
0: classic Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my Microsoft impression. So, I've been working on.
1: Also, just to shout it out, um, but kind of funny for getting this yeah. interview, and, and it wasn't you know a, a, a fluff piece. I like that Phil goes on shows, and also talks about things and doesn't just say the same corporate line over and over and over again. Like he's an interesting guest, Phil, we'd love to have you. Um, But that interview was (laughs) kind of funny. I thought was really, was really great. And there's a lot of just fun, interesting things in there. I wonder though, having said that he is a very smart executive at a very big company. When I listened to that VR line, I, I think Jeff, there's like a crack that says, We're going to support PC headsets. I think there's a crack there. I think there's a a window left open. I hope so. Where it's like, we're not going to design it or, you know, whatever. But like, I don't know. We're just a PC, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, that'd be great. I would love that. I would love, I mean, I guess the, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, Xbox Game Pass version of Tetris Effect supports headsets. So it's not outside the realm of possibility. Obviously, they didn't create that game, but uh, it's not like they're not supporting it at all. They're, you know, games that support it that are put out on their platforms on PC are supporting it. So you're, I'm, you're saying there's a chance, you know.
1: <laughs> Look, when I'm, when I'm running around with my Steam Deck and my VR headset, I just want to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: uh all right well let's uh let's talk about some of the games uh, that we no, have no 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 no, no
1: no 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 no, hold 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 this is fun to do here wait. this is this is story of the week section
0: okay what wait 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 let me do our sponsor first okay and then we'll come back and do that okay, okay we got a spot we got uh squarespace is the sponsor and uh 400 episodes in squarespace i think sponsored episode one uh they have been here stalwart supporters of this show for all eight years we've been doing this and I could not be more grateful. I could not be more proud to advocate for Squarespace uh, as a a product, it has has served me well and all of the people that I've recommended it to, including members of my own family who I say, if you need a website, use Squarespace. It's just the easiest way to do it. Uh, And if you have any reason to create any kind of website, It's super simple. You can do it yourself. You can make it yourself with Squarespace because they have all the functionality you could want and a tool set that makes it so that you don't need to know HTML. You don't need to hire anybody. You can do it yourself. It's so simple. You just drag and drop, move stuff around. You start with these cool templates that their professional designers have created. And then you start just moving stuff around, make it it how you want. Drag in functionality. If you need to sell stuff online, drag in their widget that does e-commerce makes your store or your uh, website a store. And it's that simple. It's really great. JeffCanada.com was made on Squarespace many years ago. It's still there now. I love it. Uh, I recommend it to friends. You can do it for any kind of, if you're just announcing an event, you wanna make a quick website. Squarespace is the way to go. If you're selling things, if you're blogging, anything you're doing, Squarespace makes it so simple, you can make it yourself. You never have to upgrade or patch anything. That's always handled in the background for you automatically. Everything is built for mobile right out of the box. Uh, and they have 24-7 award-winning customer support in case you run into any problems. It's just the easiest way to do it. So if you're ready to start a new business, if you're trying to launch something online, anything, any reason to have a website, check it out. Go over to squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me will get a free trial. You don't even have to give them a credit card on your free trial. You just start using the tools, building your website for free. And then when you're ready to launch, you can use our promo code, which is Jeff sent me, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E, all one word. And you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Great place to buy domains as well. I just bought a few domains from Squarespace myself. You choose from over 200 extensions. They have a really cool front end where you can plug in the domain you want and they can give you all these suggestions around it. So you can hone in on exactly what you want your website to be called and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. When you go to squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me and use the promo code. Jeff sent me Squarespace. Make it great. All right, Christian, what is uh, this? Is this our, our, our quiz? Is this what's happening? Am I yeah, getting quiz?
1: Well, yes. Some quizzing and, and, and I'll make it fun for everybody. So before I, I'll be the judge of that. Okay. Before we get to that, <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I think this might have been around. I forget if this is weekend confirmed or if DLC had already started. But Kyle, the first mm. time uh, we met, which I do not respect, expect you to remember, but I remember because I was in, I think it was Defy at that time, offices. Um, and I, I think it was still called Defy. And I was there uh, trying to work on this other show with this, someone. We'll leave everybody else out of it. And I just remember we're in the lobby area. Everybody's around whatever, whatever that room was called. And uh
0: There's so much detail here. Well just be painting a vivid the, image.
1: All I remember I is I was with
0: people in a room.
1: All I remember is saying <laughs> hi to some folks, having fun, meeting some new folks, and then the person I was meeting with coming out and just going, Oh yeah, Christian, just to be sure, you are a hundred percent being naked, being okay being naked with me whenever, right? <laughs> and I was just like, Yeah. <laughs> Okay. That's the show. What was the what was the pitch? Are you allowed to say? I'm sure. Why not? I don't know. I don't remember if I signed. It's been long enough. That I don't remember if I signed an NDA. Um, it was called Being Naked with Christian, the show. It was <laughs> called Casting Catch. No, it was uh, a Naked mm-hmm. and Famous, like, spin-off. Or Yeah, Naked and Afraid. Naked and Afraid. Uh, Naked and
0: Famous. <laughs> Naked and Famous.
1: Naked and Afraid, uh, like, reality show spin-off thing that um they were doing Mm, sounds awesome yeah it didn't happen but it was real anyway but i think that was around the time when this started so this is this jeff this first part's just for you and this is fun and then kyle you and jeff i'm curious just memory memory lane so jeff for Uh, you okay our first episode was january eighth, 2014 the Mm. big news we talked about as relevant then As it is today. These are cousins of stories. This is what the gaming industry is. We talked about the reveal of Steam Machines. Wow. Here we are today talking about Steam Machines. Yeah. We talked about the then new prototype Oculus Rift. Yeah. We just just talked about VR and uh, you still want it to be what it's not. Uh, (laughs) PlayStation Now streaming service. Our audience... Harps on me for not bringing it up as much as I do the others. Uh, episode one, dog. Go back to episode one. I was all about it. You pitched what Half-Life 3 could be. Mm. And I imagined a world the-
0: without Nintendo hardware. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well... 400 episodes later, we're still doing the st- same shtick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so here are questions. And these these are, these are uh, we're going to do 100, 200, and 300. Episode right. 100 was November 16th, 2015. Um, Kyle, I'll give you first pick. Just date, date era. November 16th. I had no
0: idea we were doing this, by the way. Christian did this all on his own, and I, I had no idea this was happening. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead.
1: Yeah, November 16th, 2015. We're about to go into the playlist section of the show. We talk about the games we're playing. What games were we talking about? November 16th, 2015. Kyle, you can go first to give you the widest pick. Not that I, somebody's,
2: somebody's playing, uh, Lord of the Rings. I forget (laughs) the name of it. (laughs) Good game. Uh, where where you know you're like going to the fortresses the fortresses and things like that that is oh
0: yeah yeah Shadow of Mordor somebody's playing Shadow of Mordor good yeah good game good game that is very
1: good is that the right year I don't know that's not what we we're talking about Jeff oh. <laughs> Jeff 2015 November 16th 2015 games we were blown away by in the games we were talking about all the things that had our attention oh, God I don't know
2: I don't, uh, time is a flat
0: circle I don't know
2: uh okay okay the the Warcraft card game um hearthstone somebody's playing hearthstone
0: Ooh, that's good probably jeff but
1: not it. i'll give okay. you another hint this game we talk about a lot because we love how to how it was announced and then released a few short months later oh
0: fallout right it's got to be fallout fallout 4, Four?
1: fallout yeah. 4
2: uh rise oh, of the okay. tomb raider and battlefield star wars battlefield all right those are Ooh, our- i would have never guessed rise of the tomb raider honestly no because which one is that <laughs> yeah right That's episode the second 100. one but it did take me a sec yeah uh
1: okay this one's this that one's was episode hard.
0: 100 you said
1: that was 100 okay okay now it's 200 kyle i'm not even going to subject you to this one because this one is hard uh you're jeff you're not going to get it. i love this game though this is fun <laughs> <laughs> episode 200 took place october 2nd 2017 jeff can you i have four games there might have been more but i was i was scrubbing through let's not kid ourselves i'm on vacation in wyoming um
0: Twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. <laughs> <What> games. <laughs> you're laughing. I'm sure they were terrible games. No, is I, that what you're laughing? I still love two of them very much,
1: and I know that you. I'm, I think you love one of them still. Maybe both. Yeah.
0: I feel like any game I say out loud is gonna is going to uh, reveal that I have no sense of when things happen.
1: No, of course not. <laughs> uh,
0: Twenty seventeen is. This
1: was October,
0: so it's before the big ago.
1: holiday releases. I'll I'll help you with okay.
0: that. Okay. All right. Um, what happens in 2017? I don't know. Okay. How about? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I can't even name a game that came out in 2017. Like not looking at this list, I don't, I don't know. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I don't know what a year is. Yeah. Uh, give me a hint. Um,
1: I can't give you a good. I'm just gonna say the two that you were. Talking about for my scrubbing, uh Battle Chasers
0: Night War. Oh, that's good. That's a great game. And Hob. Like game. Oh, yeah. Whoa, Never would hob. have come up with those. Yeah. But yeah, hob the game that took down a studio, but very good game. Both of those great games. My Two, Zen Pinball, which I mm.
1: love. And okay. Golf Story, which I think I talked about two yeah. weeks ago again, lamenting that Mario Golf Super Rush or whatever still doesn't have that RPG
0: version that, you know. I love so much. We there. we could have been here for another 400 episodes and I would never have come up with Hob or Battle Chasers Nightmare, even though I love both of those games. No, um, never. All right, no. three, episode 300? Episode 300 was August 19th,
1: 2019. I'm, and I'm going to bookend this. The, there are two stories we talked about. I started one with stories we talked about, did two at 100 200 games. This is episode 300. These are two big
0: stories, which I think are still very relevant today. 2019, We were we were talking about how amazing it was that we could go outside without masks on.
1: <laughs> you are talking we about how 20, How twenty twenty was going to be the best year ever. All that
0: we had. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: we were talking about what the Netflix of video games would be. Yeah.
2: Here we are now <laughs> with <laughs> still talking still talking about that. With Netflix. Yeah. I would love to hear that conversation. Honestly, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> with
1: Netflix now hiring away, um their, yeah. you know they have their VP of video games, and we were yeah. also talking about xbox's strategy and what it would be going forward because that was kind of around the time that um connect was abandoned but this is if i remember correctly and listening oh. it's kind of phil stretching his legs and here we are talking today about you know this is phil's xbox now um yeah and that was a sure. hundred episodes ago
0: anyway that. yeah very good. I appreciate you doing that. I I did no work for episode 400, and I appreciate you taking the time, Christian, even on vacation.
1: Well, you know what? Very Sometimes good. your kids
0: are just talking, talking. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Daddy's got to work. I, <laughs> I I I just have to go to work. Uh, anyway, thank you very much for doing that. And uh, here's to 400 more as we go into the playlist. Ooh, what you playing this? week tell us. Ooh. What have you
2: been playing this week? Got to play some uh, Legend of Zelda Skyward
0: Sword HD. Awesome. Awesome. I think that is the big new release that is out uh, this week. Um, Were you a fan of the game when it was originally released on the Wii?
2: Yeah. Ten years ago. I I feel like it's always worth stating because it was a shock to me that that was ten years ago. That is
0: crazy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was. So I think I was. As I'm playing this, realizing I was more of a fan of this the first time through than I am today. Oh, it was really? it was almost a better game in 2011 than it is in
0: 2021. Interesting. And is that because of how gaming has changed or because of the the change that it needed to have to be in a new, you know, control scheme? I
2: think I think yeah, I think a little bit is like you do feel this like direct connection with the game when you are doing motion controls whether you like the quality of the controllers or not i'm realizing with the analog stick it's like oh there's actually like as dumb as it was there was a forced connection between you and your you know character you and you and link uh that's you know not present anymore and there was some kind of
0: link between you
2: yeah i mean like that's (laughs) as dorky as it is that was their intent behind the character's name right like they they want that uh and so, yeah, yeah, for sure. There is that missing link. But um, uh, I do think it was like my first time with the Wii, U, Wii Motion Plus, too. So it was like right. finally like the Wii making sense. Yeah. Because, you know, like Wii Sports is fun, but it's like also so waggly, so so bad. Right. Um, but uh, no, Breath of the Wild just outshines it so much in so many ways that this was exemplary like this to me when it came out it's like oh zelda's going in the right direction you know Mm. what i mean like they're caring about their story they're caring about their environments and just like uh the npcs look great and you know i'm allowed to do all these things and it really feels like i'm I'm functioning inside of this world and then breath of the wild is just like everything this game does well is except for its dungeons are still better than breath of the wild anyway breath of the wild is just like a better version of this and so Mm. when you're playing through this it it feels it felt so different to me so far. It's still a great game. You know, still gr- Zelda games are still great games, all of them. But um yeah, it's weird. It's That's very weird to come back to.
0: Because yeah, I was I'm always the defender now. of this one. As was I. I was always somebody that that uh, really thought highly of this one, even though most people have it low on their list of Zelda games. Um I, I remember really, really enjoying that game. It got a little backtracky toward the last third, but um I really enjoyed the milieu, the the sort of being up in the clouds and flying around on cool flying creatures and stuff. I I loved all that. Um, And I thought the, I thought the motion control stuff was actually pretty well done at the time. It's interesting. (laughs) Side note, anecdotally, uh, my son who is about to turn five in September is just all about playing uh, Mario Odyssey on the switch. Like he just, he's completely addicted to it. It's the only thing he wants to do. He wakes up in the morning. He's like, daddy, can I have games? I'm like, ah, all right, we got 10 minutes of games and that's it. But um he's just all about the game and he has gotten to the point where, you know, he he mostly plays in handheld mode. We play it together sometimes on the big screen, but mostly he plays in handheld mode. And he has gotten to the point now where he detaches the Joy-Cons from the Switch, lays the thing down Joy-Conless on the couch or whatever and plays with the motion controls because for a, you know, almost 5-year-old kid, that's the coolest thing ever. He he's he'll stand up and be like, "Daddy, look what I can do." And he moves his arms in these wild ways to show me how he throws the, you know, Mario's hat. The motion control like for him is an absolute delight. He loves it. And I think it's kind of what you're talking about here with that connection, you know, you have I'm doing something and then my on-screen character does something.
2: Yeah. And <laughs> the worst part about this is, this is where I'm a true scumbag is that I will absolutely not go back to the motion controls so even though this is my the first complaint i bring up the thing that i feel like might be missing i'm not gonna hold two joy cons i just hate them i really do hate them
0: yeah i do too that's why i keep looking at my son like what buddy what are you doing what are you doing uh that's hilarious though but it's good to it's good to know that it, you know it it um it at least plays well i mean you're saying it's not as good as you remember but at least it it plays well in the new system and they kind of it runs well out you got it. the 60 yeah.
2: fps yeah
0: yeah uh, Christian, are you interested at all in playing Skyward Sword again?
1: So I mean, the I, I again I'm here in Wyoming, and the new game appeal and getting that shine, and it. I haven't played it in in ten years. I was super super close to buying this game again, and then not to jump ahead to to my playlist, but I remembered I never rolled credits on Breath of the Wild, <laughs> like I have one uh guardian left and uh you know we've talked about that game at at, at length on this show kind of it never being our favorite and and clicking with us in the way it did for so many other people i put a lot of time into it and i was like no i I'm, I'm not going to go spend 60 dollars on a game that's 10 years old that i also never saw the credits on i think i put 45 hours into skyward sword and then that backtracking i, was, I just couldn't do it anymore um so I, I'm proud of me. Well, also I spent all my money on my Steam Deck. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I'm proud of me.
1: But so. I, I resisted that that urge. But the, the urge was there. I mean, the graphics look really nice. It looks like a, a very nice cleaned up version. Um yeah. and I think it's a testament to, you know, Nintendo knowing what to do, despite them buckling to pressure eventually and doing Twilight Princess. But like Windwalker looks great. Wind Waker, Windwalker. Um daywalker um that that hD which is still trapped to the Wii U looks fantastic um and and skyward sword from the videos I've seen, especially at sixty fps and that kind of cleaned up graphics it looks it looks really good. It's an art style that still really, really, really works mm.
2: so but Kyle, just as you said, like if anybody hasn't hit credits in Breath of the wild, i would I would urge anyone to like go to, mm. just go play that game instead for mm. sure
1: i I can't believe how gorgeous of a game that is that game to, to think that that game too is a Wii U game. Like it chugs a little bit yeah. on Wii U, but it, it's a Wii U game and what yeah. Nintendo did with art direction and showing that a little goes a long way where it doesn't have, you know, ray tracing effects or even like robust particle effects, but like the little bits that they do use and like uh fire areas and the way it kind of comes around you or the way the link, uh breaks uh i guess glows and turns blue before he teleports and like it, it's just a stunningly beautiful game that is running on such limited hardware it, it's such a testament to what those designers did i i will say though kyle going back to it <clears throat> excuse me my first hour going back to it maybe not quite an hour but pretty close was like what am i doing <laughs> like it is a- oh yeah
0: Deep for Nintendo. But that's any game. Any, any game you take years off and you go back and like, I'll just pick up my save. You go, I don't understand it, anything that's going on. At least I have that experience. I, I have that with
1: most, but I think in my head, I was like, it's a Nintendo game. Like I can play yeah. Mario Kart. Like it's Breath of the Wild is a deep game with complex systems. And I had my, um, Sheikah Slate like pinging to something and I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to turn it off. It's like ping
0: ping and I was like, "Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, you god. open up your inventory in that game and you're like, "What is any of this stuff? Yeah. Why do I have it?" But now I'm yeah. back. I'm going to do it. That's my goal for the week is to is to roll
1: credit So we'll see. Check out All episode right. 401 for my review of Breath
0: of the Wild. <laughs> oh, yeah, people have been waiting with baited Breath of the Wild. Uh Kyle, what else is on your playlist this week?
2: Uh so I've been playing for a while now, uh, Final Fantasy XIV. Mm. I just picked it up like a few months ago, but I do feel like it's just become such a it's become like a hot
0: game suddenly. It has. Everybody's talking about it. It's yeah. so interesting how this game is just percolated and percolated. And now it's bubbling to the surface again.
2: So it's like it's, a, it's an exciting time to like hop into this game. And we you know what else is exciting is everyone who has been playing this game is not at all just like like they're not like you know fans of a band who are like oh now you like ff14 they're they're all like so supportive and they want you all into their club and everyone is so nice and like helping you through things it's it's such a nice community which is kind of like what i'm realizing what you it's my first mmo and you need that community so bad uh for something like this to work at all
0: yeah and it's super rare to find which is so counterintuitive because most of these games are exactly what you described which is people are just sort of like you know go screw yourself. But yeah. I've heard that over and over from people talking about FF14 this this notion that people are nice and it's welcoming and it feels good and that even the systems in the game sort of reinforce that and encourage it. Uh and I think honestly that's a lot of the secret sauce about why people are so into the game is that it feels good to be there.
2: Yeah, that's so it's so like right. I think it's game design is unremarkable i don't think it's actually that fun to play an mmo like character you know what i mean like yeah. throwing out my spells the second they stop cooling down or whatever right i think what it's just it's a nice place to be it's a beautiful place to hang out in and yeah. all of your all of your friends look goofy or cool or you know like every like i just love the design of the characters and the environments and it's just there's something intangible about like this this world that everybody is coexisting in just like being such a like a nice place (laughs) that's what that's what i would just say is like ff14 is just a nice place to be (laughs) that's
0: awesome i love that and we've heard it on the show a number of times i don't know why i keep resisting going back to that game because it's ours it's ours that's the frustrating part about
2: it i still have not gotten to the first expansion you know like a hundred hours in it's just it's it's a hard thing for anybody to commit to but i feel like i feel like it it is definitely something you can take at your own pace too, which is nice.
0: Are you as, uh, as enamored with the storytelling as other people I've heard people talk about the story in that game as being really excellent.
2: Same, which is one of the reasons I picked it up. But they also also say it doesn't get good till Heavensward, which is right. the first expansion. Yeah. So so as I'm just kind of like, I'm like, I look, I don't really care about the story right now. And everyone says like, well, the payoffs are huge. You have to pay attention to this. So like, <laughs> OK, all right. Because, no, it's it's very plain so far, I would say, the story okay. yeah. in, in this like first A Realm Reborn as the story as it is in the
0: beginning. I'm very tempted. I'm very tempted. I, I mean, I played a bunch of that game over the years, uh, but I you know, it never really got its hooks into me. But I, I also don't think it had become what it is. And true. Um like you said, it's 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 about that community. And I know so many people that are playing it now, so I should I should give it another chance.
2: I feel like now's the time, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um well Christian, your playlist, I think you, you, despite saying, I don't want to jump ahead, you jumped ahead and you talked about your playlist. It felt like the right time. It was the right time. Yeah, it it was was the right time. You know,
1: 2021 is the time to talk about Breath of the Wild.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You you know, in episode 500, you're going to be like, okay, in episode 400, I talked about (laughs) Breath of the Wild? That'll be my quiz. Jeff, what game am I still playing? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, So my playlist um, has another game. That I've been meaning to get around to. Uh, in fact, there was somebody that uh, I'm gonna find it real quick. There was somebody that uh oh, here it is. Corlin! Corlin wrote in uh, DLCfeedback at gmail.com and said, Jeff, you gotta play this. It's Solasta. Um the actual full title is Solasta Crown of the Magister. Uh, and this is a game that I I think I played a, very briefly. There was like a demo they put out or whatever. It's very much my jam top down isometric role playing game built directly on the fifth edition Dungeons and dragons rule set. in fact, they licensed the rule set from Wizards of the coast, so it is the full on it's not just like a version of of d and d it's d and d and I love divinity original sin and its sequel, and they felt like d and d but weren't and now of course they're doing baldur's Gate three, which is d and d but uh this is like Full on D&D. The spells are exactly the same. The subclasses are exactly the same. Uh, you roll for everything. It's It's really, really cool to see how they've created a version of tabletop D&D that you can play by yourself. Um, and so one of the things I'll say about Selasta, Crown of the Magister is if you're curious about Dungeons and Dragons and just kind of want to learn how the systems work, how the rule sets works, it's kind of a cool way to do that you'll understand how to play DD. i don't think you need to by any stretch of the imagination anD is something you can easily pick up with a decent dungeon master but if you are that person who's like eh, i'm kind of nervous i don't want to sit around a table and not know it's kind of a cool way to learn um i'm i'm pretty high on this game but i do have to admit the storytelling is pretty rough this is a this is a game that i think has a, a really lovely uh experience it, it's a it's a the core experience is 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 pretty darn good but it is rough around the edges the voice acting is all over the place the storytelling in general is just kind of i mean i i recognize this is a very very small team that did this in in comparison to something like a dragon's age or you know comparable even Baldur's gate called uh comparable um role-playing experience so i give them some leeway there but it's really not good. I mean, it, it aims to tell this grand story and it has some cool story beats, but mostly the method by which they tell it is, is, is rough. Um, but the actual gameplay, which is a lot built around combat. A lot of that is very, very good. I mean, it is really playing fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons Uh and um really a neat way to learn those classes, see how the, the spells interact and it's it is that rule set i mean down to taking long rests and preparing your spells and um you know uh, all of the minutiae of how fifth edition works is carried over i don't even think baldur's gate three is doing some of that stuff i think they've kind of left out a lot of the real tabletopiness of the rule set for baldur's gate three and uh, Solasta. I think is, is much more rigid in making a fifth edition game. Um, and I, I give them credit for that. I think that's cool. How do so, they represent, uh, dice rolls? A die comes up on the screen and it shows you the modifier as it, which is really great. Baldur's gate, at least that when I played it at the very beginning of, uh, uh, early access, didn't even show you the, your modifiers. So it's cool. It, it like, it literally like rolls a die, a 20 sided die, even when you're lock picking or, you know, even a story thing. Um, it uh, It'll, you know, like do a history check on an object to see what your character knows about it. D20 comes up on the screen and it rolls and it shows you the modifier. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's very much playing a tabletop game.
2: Yeah, um, it, it's degenerate, but I lo- there's something exciting about a dice being rolled. <laughs> it's, I love There's it.
0: something to oh, that. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, I love it. The, the other thing that it does that's really clever that I've never seen a game do before, and maybe you guys can correct me if there is a game that has, but... Uh, it does branching dialogue in um, in cutscenes, so you can select w- w- your response to any prompt. Um, and you have a four-member p- team, a party of four characters that you can create or you can use ones that they have stock created. And I, I've never seen another game do this. The, the responses that you can give to a dialogue prompt are tagged to a specific character in your party. So you have four responses for four characters. So it's not like one character has four different ways they can answer. It's like you're giving the lead role to a different character depending on how you want to respond.
2: That's actually really cool. So it's not like Commander Shepard is the boss of every
0: conversation. Right. You can, that's, that's neat. So if you want to have a brash, brusque response to the thing there's a character who is that. And so that character tends to have those kinds of responses. So, but depending on how you want to deal with the situation, you're using different characters to be the spokesperson. Um, it's, it's, I've never seen anybody do that. And I'm like, this just seems so obvious. Like instead of having one voice actor record all the different options, it's like it, it, you know, you're spreading it around and it really feels like a party of equals instead of the leader and its subordinates. Yeah.
1: What point you know? does one person in the party pull the other person and be like, um, Trevor, you, you're so negative every, <laughs> yeah. every time we give you a chance to talk just and then like, meanwhile, Monica's like, kill them all. Like, yeah. Monica, we got to talk about that too. <laughs> yeah. Always evil. I'm not evil. You're evil.
0: <laughs> okay. How did we get here? <laughs> yeah. So if, I don't know if you're into uh turn-based combat, which I love and, uh, I think, I think the game is really beautiful when it's in its uh, top-down isometric view. It's, the environments are really cool and gorgeous. Eh, Cutscenes, not so much. The character models not so much. Um, you know, it's, when it's zooming in on faces and doing dialogue, it's pretty rough. But it's things that I can easily overlook and really get to the core of the experience. And it's pretty fun. Pretty fun. Solasta, Crown of the Magister is the name of the game. Uh, I also want to talk about uh, another game that I've played uh, called Slipways. And this was based on... Basically, I just listened to what people wrote in and told me to play. Uh, this was another... i got to find out who... The system uh, works. The system works. So, you know, send me your, your recommendations. It's not here in... The Official email, so somebody, somebody, maybe it was on Twitter, they sent it Weird. to me. People keep emailing Whatever. you know you who
1: you are, Punisher on Sega Genesis, just like over and over and over yeah.
0: again. No, 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 these are people I listen to. Oh, got it, got it, <laughs> yeah, got it. Yeah,
1: yeah. So you're telling me um, I know what character in the party I am now. Thanks, Jeff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's a game called Slipways, and it is also very reminiscent of a tabletop experience. Um, very much plays like a, a Euro style. Board game, um, and the, and the cool thing about slipways is it's a four X game. Um, I can never remember all the four X exploration, exploitation, uh, the other X's. Anyway, it's it's a strategy game, four X strategy game. So you're colonizing the the galaxy. Uh, the game starts on a big map with a um, black hole at the center, and you have to use planets and create slipways between them. There are little links between the planets. I'm pointing at the camera like we're still on camera. We're not on camera anymore. Um, <laughs> you connect these planets. They have resources they can create. They want resources. So you create slipways between uh, these planets. But the trick is your slipways cannot intersect. So you in, in creating slipways, it's almost like... Uh, light cycles in Tron or something, you're creating your own block you're blocking yourself from making other slipways that would intersect with those lines. So you're going to have to plan ahead and figure out which planets you're going to link to others. And you have technology trees and you have, uh, you can, you know, invest in um, new research and do cool stuff. And basically you're, you're trying to colonize the galaxy and, and make money and, and, uh, Survive for twenty five years. The game in game years twenty five years, and it goes by really a good, quick. Life. Yes, a good life. Yes. Why? Why? Why do they? Why do they stop at twenty five? You know, I, I I should know that. I think it's like it's because of the of the the black hole or something. I can't remember exactly why it's twenty five years. Why don't but, all
1: podcasts hit episode four hundred, Kyle? Hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But the the net result of that is every game is really short. And it makes the, it's the reason I dig this game. Um, It's because you can sit down and have a session in like 45 minutes, half an hour, uh, and have a complete start to finish game. And then you start up a new seed and it populates the plants differently and you can try again. Um, And so it plays kind of like a board game where you can sit down and have a complete start to finish. It's not like civilization where you're, you know, on these epic, you know, hundreds of hours making your civilization or whatever it is you can really have a uh start to finish experience in one sitting and it's a relatively brief sitting um that's cool so, so the yeah.
2: 25 was probably just that was that's for the sake of fun
0: it's the sake of fun but i i think i think there's an in-lore r- oh, okay. rationale that i'm not recalling right now but um uh but yeah again it's called slipways i got it for like 17 bucks or something it's on steam and it's great it it really is slick it's got a lot of deep strategy the one thing i will complain about is i think it, it has a tutorial such as it is which is basically a list of tool tips but i really needed to like watch some youtube videos in order to really grok how to play it which is a bummer if the game had a more robust interactive like you know actual tutorial instead of just tool tips that you read through if it was you know, an interactive step-by-step, like here's why you're doing this and here's why you're doing that. And here's how this works. And you play like the first round or whatever. Uh, I would, I think it would be better because I didn't quite understand what I was doing at first. And I-, I went to YouTube to figure it out. So you may end up having to do that as well. But if you're into these kinds of games, it's great because it's like a quick fix. It's a quick fix. It gives you that all four X's <laughs> in, in uh you know, like half an hour, 45 minutes. It's cool. Anyway, it's called Slipways. All right. Uh, I do have an email I wanted to read. Uh, it's the 400th episode, so I thought this was special. We usually, or not usually, years ago, I introduced a segment on the show called Stories of Glories and Tales of Fails. It was where listeners like you could send in stories of glory or tales of fails, where you could send in anecdotes or amazing moments from a play session that you remember things going spectacularly well or spectacularly poorly. Uh, And we haven't done one in literally years. But Kevin Eddy sent this one in. He said, said, uh, this is a, a throwback to something that you used to do. And uh, I thought for the 400th episode, I would do a story of glory, a tale of fail. And if listeners want this segment to come back, email in your own stories of glories and tales of fails. But here I will read this one from Kevin who writes, hearing you talk about Sea of Thieves made me want to share a story of glory or tale of fail. Two friends and I have been playing Sea of Thieves and enjoying it as a hangout game. One night while sailing the seas, we picked up a mission that required collecting three speckled pigs and delivering them to a merchant. We set up our ship, and off we went to search the islands for our pigs. On our way, we were attacked by a ghost ship, leading to an epic battle. My two friends manned the cannons as I steered the ship. We eventually moved into a position that allowed us to fire and took the ship down. My two friends made it to the island, and as luck would have it, they found three speckled pigs right at the beach. I was below deck, getting cannons loaded for our trip back. But as I came up to the main deck, A player ship came around and fired a cannon, killing me immediately. They fired a second cannon and killed one of my friends, then disembarked onto the beach to attack my third crewmate. A tale of fail. Or is it? While waiting to respawn, I heard one of my dying friends talking to the other players and explaining why we were on the island. We all died and respawned on a nearby island with our ship, but no pig crates. We decided to head back to the location of this crime and get our pigs. Sailing toward the island, we spot another ship. The players who had just killed us. Revenge is a dish best served cold. So we approached and loaded the cannons to attack. But the proximity sound kicked in and they were shouting, don't shoot, peace and friendlies. We discussed whether we should trust them and cautiously approached. As they got closer, they said, don't shoot. We have your pigs. We dropped anchor and they came aboard with three speckled pigs in the crates. It turns out they had been attacked just before attacking us and they had been looking to serve cold dishes of revenge themselves. They attacked us thinking we were those that had killed them. Upon realizing their mistake, they collected the pigs for us. The chances of running into one another were a little slim, but it all worked out. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. We all shared a grog, had a dance, and went on our way. We successfully delivered the pigs, turning the tale of fail into a story of glory. This is one of the many tales that I have of the Sea of Thieves. Thanks, guys, and continue the great work and staying safe. Kevin, what an awesome story, man. I love it. Jeff, can I say that? That was a good read. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. that. That's what makes the segment. (laughs) Four years of drama school, baby. (laughs) That was was sick. That was like a book on tape. That was nice. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Kevin, that was awesome. Thanks for sending that in. Um, That's what kind of what we were talking about with Final Fantasy XIV is like the community, like it not just being this. Place where only awful things happen with, with the, the worst part of humanity, like eh, good people doing good things. That just makes you feel good. I love it. We'll yeah, the, the idea
2: that the last friend alive was desperately explaining what they were doing <laughs> there. It's
0: like we're just here for bags. We're just here for buttons. Like, you killed us. I know you killed us. No, we just <laughs> weren't going by pigs. Yeah, it's so funny. uh Very very cool. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for those. But Kyle Bossman, I am so, so delighted that we finally got you on the show. It has been great having you. Oh, this was fun. Happy 400. Thank you. Thank you. I Thanks for <laughs> sitting through our little trip down memory lane as well. Uh, tell people where they can keep up with you and the things that you make online.
2: Sure. Uh, do a search on YouTube for Delayed Input. That's my weekly video game show. It's like an editorial show. It's like it's it's like a, a budget charmless uh john oliver essentially but it's always just like talking some topic about video games every week and uh i got a patreon for that uh patreon.com slash delayed input but yeah it's worth checking out check out one episode it's great if so you like
0: it it's certainly not charmless uh, it is it is it is dripping with charm and it is great full of great insights i'm a fan i really genuinely love it and uh i think you're doing great stuff i really appreciate that thank you absolutely Christian Spicer, what do you got going on this
1: week? Well, I do need to say first that I agree with Kyle. It is charmless. I have not seen a single, (laughs) a single, a single, a single episode about Charmed or the reboot Charmed. So until there's a way to bring those back, um, it is a charmless show. Just uh, utterly lacking any charm. Uh, this week I am going to be tinkering with this, uh, traveling streaming setup to maybe get it to actually work through an entire episode one day. <laughs> Someone, uh, mid episode said that maybe it was a, that Twitch in general blipped, um, while we were trying to do it live. So that maybe that gives uh, me the, the old Twitch blip, the old Twitch blip, um, in the process a cat rewound down the stairs for a little bit. So I'm a little nervous, mm. but otherwise I feel confident. Um, and I'm going to be hiking my friend. So probably nothing from me uh, online this week, but in case I post a beautiful pic of a wonderful Vista, you can find that at twitter.com slash Spicer. And then I have a newsletter um, that you can subscribe to for free at tinylettercom slash Christian Spicer, where I write longer form stuff about video games. This Next one has been a long time coming as I keep trying to wait. I keep thinking EA plays like happening and then it's not Thursday. Yeah. It's finally now happening.
0: It's like they, yeah. they trickle out news. I'm like, Ooh, it's happening. And <laughs> every week it feels like, is this the week? is it? July? What July is this? Yes. What, what, where are we? Yes. Yeah. I
1: see news about it. And then it's just like, we're not talking about star Wars. I'm like, Oh, it's tomorrow. No, we're just letting you know what we're not talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but my hope is that this next newsletter will be the full, summer gaming kind of ea plays now put a period at the end of the sentence and looking back at at what this summer of video games has been in terms of these big conferences and uh it's been a, it's been a very unique year so that's what that will be and it's tinyletter.com christian spicer e3 is not over till ea says it's over right <laughs> yeah. yeah it used to be we start e3 we can't officially use a term e3 because we are not at e3 but
0: now it's like i don't know <laughs> Middle of July. Go eat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can always follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. I've also got several other shows for you to check out if you're so inclined, including the Slash Filmcast, which I have to change my brain because we have now rebranded. We are no longer the official podcast of SlashFilm.com. Film.com. We are on our own. We are independent. And it is now called officially The Filmcast. So somehow I can't explain it guys, but somehow the film cast was available to us To It's a good name, right? It's pretty good, but I can't (laughs) believe like the film cast wasn't taken. Uh, but we are the film cast, uh, and, uh, we are now on our own and, and, uh, put loose and fancy free. So check it out. Still great content. The show itself hasn't changed at all. New theme song is going to be cool. And a new logo, which is super cool. But, uh, it's still us talking about movies and TV shows and stuff. So check that out. Uh, you can still find it at slash filmcast.com. But I also think The Filmcast, I got to find out the new URL. I think it's The Filmcast, but I, go to slash filmcast.com. It'll still get you there now. Uh, also, I do um, a science comedy podcast with Anthony Carboni called We Have Concerns. You can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. And I do The Dungeon Run, which is my live play Dungeons and Dragons show. You can find that anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube by searching for The Dungeon Run. Or you can watch live on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash The Dungeon Run. A really great episode last week where we had this amazing fight with an Aboleth. is worth watching. Sorry, uh, what's an right. Aboleth? It's, it's basically kind of like a... Um, uh, a, a Cthulhu, like great old one, like messes with your mind and tries to take over your body, and it's a creature in the that lurks in the water and is tentacled. And
2: what older level than are your? What are, the,
0: who, what are the characters at? They're level tens. Yeah. Okay. Le- Adolath is, is a challenge rated ten uh, monster, but they, dude, it's an amazing fight because they are like getting their butts kicked, and then somebody tries something that is so outside the box and crazy, and it it it's, it takes. Turn. It's really cool. Um, anyway, let's wrap the show up. Oh no, you can also email us here. I'd mentioned that. DLCfeedback at gmail.com. Let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts.
1: Hey, give
0: us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is your parting gift. Kyle, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? I love a show called Dave
2: on fx i watch it on hulu has it already been a parting gift that's my first question
0: uh you know what even if it hasn't you can do, you can do both of these do both of them but even if it even if it has it's worth repeating because dave is so brilliant
2: yeah dave dave is, is a, it's a surprisingly good show like i'm saying i'm saying it's a surprisingly good show you'll still see be surprised by it when you, when you give it a shot it's a show about like a comedic rapper, which to me is like, I'm going to hate this show, like coming into it. I thought this was going to be awful, like entourage, but it's so, but it's not, it's like, it's, it's like a smart entourage with actual feelings. Um, it's like semi-autobiographical, but it takes place in like a world in which, you know, comedically just bizarre things can happen. Um, it's incredibly smart. It's, yeah. it's, and it's a kind of like, sometimes like it'll strike you with feelings at the end where you're shocked by how much this, this show, which had been silly up until this point, just makes you feel very suddenly and holy. Um great show. I really like it.
0: I agree. Yeah, that's Dave. It's on uh, FX and you can watch it on Hulu as well. Yeah. But you have another one. I, I want you to say both of them because I think the, uh, the other one is even uh, I'm not aware of it. So,
2: OK, so Godzilla singular point is on Netflix. It's anime Godzilla which at first i'm like no thank you but um i think i mean there's been godzilla anime before but this show is oh gosh it's brilliant uh in that godzilla is like just a part of it man godzilla is in the title just to draw me in just to get my attention but like the things that this show is actually about the it's 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 like this sci-fi that's like got so much pseudoscience such a such a fun mystery and in, in in the science that these characters are trying to solve and i always love any you know monster movie that's not actually about the monster you know what i mean that's got <laughs> yeah. themes beyond this and the monster is just a fun way to explore that that's 100 percent what the show is um and on top of that it's just beautifully animated and characters that are are uh unique like unique to a series you know just like nobody nobody plays to like a stereotypical anime archetype you know and so it's just it's it's been very fun i just finished it today uh 13 episodes awesome
0: that's godzilla singular point yes it's on netflix
2: yeah christian spicer
1: what's your parting gift the fear street trilogy on netflix part three came out this past friday um i i love them they're they're fantastic they are horror movies based off of R.L. Stein's um, mid-grade-aged um, horror books. Uh, everybody remembers Goosebumps, but he also had a, a line of books for older kids. And these films are inspired by those, but also very hard R's. Um, they are not for middle schoolers. They're for people who were in middle school <laughs> and now are adults. But just really fun, smart updates and takes on horror genres. The first one is 1994. The second one is 1977. And part three is 1666. If I have those years correct. And each one of those kind of lays into horror tropes and things that were kind of more common. The 94 is the slasher flick, the scream. Uh, 77 is uh, that genre, that era slasher flick of um, Jason and, and stuff like that. And then 1666 kind of Salem and um, even uh, the witch. And I know uh, it a newer movie, but kind of set in that era. And also with a larger, bigger story about them with some fresh updating. I, I really, really enjoyed all three. And I think if you want to just give the first one a shot, it's so fun and so quick um, I really enjoyed all three. It's a fear street trilogy and you can find them on Netflix.
0: Very cool. I was going back and forth on what I should do for mine. And ultimately I landed on, uh, quiet place part two, which is, uh, in theaters, but also I watched it on paramount plus now. Um, and this is a sequel to what I thought was a really phenomenal horror film, um, And uh, starring Emily Blunt, Uh, it it is a direct sequel in that probably a good idea to see the first one first. But the reason that I ultimately decided to bring it up on the show tonight is because I know all of us are looking forward to the Last of Us HBO show, which is coming soon. But Quiet Place Part 2 is The Last of Us. (laughs) It is way more than the first one was if you are looking for a last of us movie quiet place part two is basically the last of us movie uh, and uh, done really really well i found it a bit hard to watch as a parent because it there's a lot of the horrors about being scared for the safety of your children um but if you can handle that aspect of it it is really tense really smart really cool and basically the last of us movie i mean it There are enemies that can hear you like clickers, that uh, it it is, it's about surviving in the post apocalypse, kind of like it's very similar to Last of Us, uh, but in a very good way. So uh, check that out if you uh, are inclined. It is on Paramount Plus. We also got a listener suggested parting gift. This was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. This was sent in by Colin. Colin writes, long-time listener, first-time caller. I'm writing in from Bondi Beach, Sydney, Australia. Oh, I'm gonna have to rub it in, Colin. Um, Whenever you guys bring up music, I always give it a go. Especially when Christian brings up a pop punk band, my ears perk up. I've long been a big fan of Blink, NFG, and punk in the '90s was very influential for me. I'm looking at you, Tony Hawk soundtracks. So when a new band pops up, I take notice. I thoroughly enjoyed Eternal Boy and previously recommended The Midnight, which, by the way, Midnight, not exactly pop punk, but great recommendation. Uh, My parting gift is the EP that my band has just put out. Oh, his band. Oh, cool. The band is called Restless, uh, Restless Reckless, excuse me, Restless Reckless, and the EP is Let Love Remain. It's a little more on the hardcore punk side of things, and I'm yelling— but you may be into it because you can definitely see some of the previous band's influences through the music. Dancing with the dead is the track to dip your toe in with daydreamer for some faster for something faster. Uh, but have a listen and see what you think. I hope you guys had a great weekend. Cheers for all the laughs and recommendations. Colin. Christian seems like right up your alley, buddy.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to giving it a listen. I'm all in favor. Also the midnight has their, uh, um orchestra Twitter sessions special. coming out here oh, yeah. in a few days also, which is going to be phenomenal
0: yeah oh, i love them so much uh again the that band is called restless reckless and the ep is let love remain
2: they they got me sold with screaming
0: australians <laughs> right yeah i <I'm> mean <laughs> let's check it out uh if you would like to have your parting gift on the show send it to us we'd love to read it Send it to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Kyle Bossman and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for those cool bumpers. Thanks to Richard in Texas for making this episode happen. And thanks to each and every one of you who tune in and listen to us each week. We really appreciate it. Thank you for being here for 400 episodes Here's to 400 more. We'll see you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.